everyone. Welcome back to the Night Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Madison Fairchild, and I'm so excited to be back after my brief hiatus following Star Wars Celebration. If you follow Night Sisters on social media, then you've probably seen all the pride highlights I've been working on, highlighting both fans and characters that are in the LGBTQ community. I've been so happy to work on that, but I wanted to do a pride episode before the month was up. I'm so grateful that I have Brian and Chase here today. They are two of the hosts of Pink Milk, which is a podcast dedicated to looking at Star Wars through a queer lens. And I met them at Celebration, and I knew immediately I wanted to interview them. Oh, no. Oh, Dameron, you're alive? Buddy, so are you. What happened to you? What happened? I got thrown from the crash. I woke up at night, no you, no ship, nothing. BB-8 says that you saved him. No, 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 it wasn't just me. You completed my mission, Finn. That's my jacket. No, 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 no. Keep it. It suits you. You're a good man, Finn. Hi, Chase. Hi, Brian. Thank you guys so much for being here. Hello. Thank you for having us. Hello there. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so, so, so excited to have you on the show. Um, We all were able to meet at Star Wars Celebration, where I ran up to them and was like, please be on Night Sisters for June. So (laughs) I'm super excited to finally have you guys on here. We're wrapping up Pride Month. It's the last couple days. And yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you guys so much. Of course. And especially on the celebration of Stonewall today. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's San Francisco Pride today. I don't think I'm going to make it because of the, um, the What Choice live stream that's happening tonight for raising abortion funds. Oh, yeah. So I'm a little bummed because I love pride, but that's more important for me, I feel like. Yeah, so. totally. Nope. Yeah, I but yeah, I am so excited. I I'm bisexual. I, it really meant a lot to me to get some queer Star Wars fans on here to talk about experiences in the fandom and how our identities shape us and shape how we look at Star Wars and Who's better to talk to than Pink Milk themselves? I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, the second we saw you at Disneyland, we, we we said hi to you and Brian and I. The second like you walked away, we like we separated. We were like, we just love her. We we're like, Aww. Madison has good energy, and so we've been very excited to hang out with you. So thanks you, thank you again. That is so 100%. sweet. That means so much to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So first off, for the people listening that might not know you guys i wanted them to get to know your experience with star wars why you love it so i have some questions about star wars for you so what were your individual introductions to star wars brian you can go ahead um well i have been here from the beginning i was born in 1979 return to the uh, empire strikes back was the first movie i ever saw in the theater clearly i don't remember that (laughs) But I do remember seeing The Return of the Jedi. I remember two scenes specifically. I remember Jabba the Hutt being pulled from like when the curtain opens right after Han falls out of the carbonite, you know, Mm -hmm. it scared the bejeebas out of me. (laughs) And I remember Max Rebo allegedly dying on the sail barge and being very, very, very upset. (laughs) Um, Max Rebo, I think, is the reason I'm a Star Wars fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I have like a little collector's magazine that I still have that I remember buying oh. off the little spinny rack at the, uh, grocery store. And there's like a centerfold in it with Max Rebo. And I fell in love with <laughs> that Not your centerfold angel being Max Rebo. I love that. I, oh you know, my gosh. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, 
But I really grew up with Star Wars on the uh, uh, on the infamous CBS Fox VHS tapes. And yeah, uh, yeah. I got them for Christmas one year. They were a hundred dollars a piece back then, and in you know the eighties, a hundred dollars was like a lot of money. Oh, uh, and my father wrapped all three of them. He was supposed to wrap one at a time, uh, like for a birthday, and then the following Christmas. And I had an asthma attack and had to go to the hospital that Christmas day. Uh, but I got my Star Wars movies, and I spent a lot of time in the hospital when I was a kid. But I'd always bring my tapes, and I'd watch them in my oh. hospital. Room. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> It's been there. It's always been with me forever and ever. I can't believe how expensive they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why oh was that? Gosh. Why were they so expensive? Okay. Well, children, back in the day, there was no <laughs> streaming services. Um, I know, uh, but like a DVD didn't cost a hundred dollars. Well, no, because back then they were, there was like, like, I don't know all the total history, but they were like the, the movie, like VH taps, VHS tapes had just kind of taken off. Right. Uh-huh. And things like Blockbuster were popping up, but they had to work deals in with the movie studios because the movie studios yeah. thought people would stop going to the movie theaters. And so mm-hmm. places like Blockbuster used to have to give them, I don't know if it was a percentage of each rental or they had to buy a tape like it was really expensive in order to profit yeah. off mm-hmm. renting that. So back then, Star Wars was not sold to the public yet. It wasn't like you could just oh. go to the store and then, so my mother had to buy it through, I don't know, through some wholesaler, oh, I guess. Like the way that, like the so, way that like Blockbuster would buy it. She had yes. to buy it. That's I crazy. Yes. My brother is an 83 baby. I need to start asking him yeah. about his music <laughs> or his music, his movie watching experiences as a kid. Cause mm-hmm. we've never talked about that, but he definitely had to go through some bullshit like that then. So that's yep. crazy. Shout out to your mom for doing it, that. And dad, yeah. that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. My mom is great. How did you feel about the uh, the Max Rebo Regal robot statue then? <laughs> Actually, I hated it because I couldn't afford yeah. to buy it. I know. Same. That's like we. <laughs> my uh, my boyfriend and I were so excited to go to their booth and we were like, we got to we got to get Max Rebo. And there's like four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. What the hell? <laughs> like, that was crazy. I mean. Let's be real. If I had a Heine like that, I might charge $400. <laughs> we need a Max Rebo OnlyFans now. I hope my exactly. isn't like that with peace of love. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Chase, what was your uh, introduction to Star Wars? Um, well, I was, it was, um, it was watching Phantom Menace like a lot as a kid with some friends. And then it was kind of like, I watched a little bit of the prequels when I was like seven or eight. And then I just mm-hmm. like got really into Spaceballs and watched Spaceballs a lot <laughs> and didn't really watch any other Star Wars, just Spaceballs. Um, it was like Spaceballs and Ace Ventura for some reason were just the VHSs that I kept popping in the, in the TV. And, um, yeah. and then it was the Lego Star, Lego Star Wars video game. And I played through the original trilogy before I ever saw the movies. And that's like how I kind of knew the story. And yeah, that was like, I just kind of lived in the Lego world for a really long time. And then finally I kind of went and walked back and was like, oh, it's, it's not just like a spoof. Like I just like consumed Star Wars spoof for my entire life (laughs) until I finally went back to like what started it. So yeah. That's amazing. I also was obsessed with Spaceballs as a kid. That was, that was my favorite thing for a while. Yeah, it really, Uh, it really hit some type of way. I have yet to revisit it yet though. So I need to do that. Oh my God. I please do it. 
I love that so much. Um, My favorite Lego Star Wars story is I had a giant loft bed when I was a kid and I was playing Lego Star Wars on the Wii where you had to like swing your arm to swing the lightsaber (laughs) and there was no rail on my bed. So I'd lean over and control the Wii with that. And one time I swung too hard and I fell off. No. <laughs> the amount of like, devastating occurrences off. with the Nintendo Wii. That thing destroyed households across America. It really did. It was did. so violent. <laughs> it really was. Kids were throwing stuff at TVs. Yeah, the I TV threw myself off of a bed. Yeah, Literally, it was crazy. Yes. <laughs> so you both were introduced to Star Wars as children. But how long have you been active in like the online space for Star Wars fans? For me, like only since 2020. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Uh, November. I think I signed up for Twitter in August of 2019 because that was when that was when um, we started like practicing and getting ready for a podcast. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really join Twitter until November, December of 2019. Mm. Wow. Like right after the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, (laughs) I was very naive. I personally um, adore Ray Skywalker for lots of reasons, many of which I've shared several times. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was very naive to the idea of what Twitter might look like as I was celebrating Ray Skywalker in my marriage. And uh, we were going to we were in the process of adopting our third son. And so I was like very much in the idea of like, uh, of our son Eli taking our last name, and so like Ray Skywalker mm-hmm. means a lot to me, and in, in as as both a queer person and mm-hmm. as an adoptive father, and so I was like very much celebrating that on Twitter, unknowing what Twitter was, and then um, oh, I got God. yelled at pretty quick. I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, I am so sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Star Wars Twitter is a brutal, brutal place. You can't make anyone happy. I love it. I met right. most of my favorite people on there, but I went from Force Awakens. I was like, the only reason casting Ray as a white woman will be OK with me is if she's a Skywalker. So she has to be a Skywalker um, in like 2015 and then joined Raylo Twitter. Um, so I got bullied for being a Raylo. But then I was Which bullied for being a Ray Skywalker fan. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it was a Twitter is an insane Post Rise of Skywalker 2020, early 2020 was a mess on there. So that's a horrible time to join. I am so sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I was around during Rebels. It sounds like oh, Rebels Twitter oh, yeah. was amazing. Like, yeah, I would say, I mean, even though I entered Twitter on what I've now learned was a really bad time to join Twitter, as mm-hmm. you just said, like mm-hmm. Star Wars, I never got to share it. Ever. I had one yeah. friend in high school that we were like toy collecting buddies, but and I love toy collectors and so OT, no shade, but like a lot of toy <laughs> collectors to me are just like pew, pew, pew. Like I love the ship and it's very like trivia based. And again, I, that yeah. stuff's fine and great and good, but that's never been like my jam in Star Wars. Like I'm always like, Same, I want to dig yeah. into the emotional subtext of everything, like what's going on. Um, so I never had anyone to enjoy star wars with really until i joined twitter mm-hmm. and started mm-hmm. the podcast like so i even mm-hmm. it was not a great time i think i still loved the idea that there were people who could like talk about star wars 
If that oh, yeah. Sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I felt the same way. I mean, I had my brother and dad who are both obviously my dad's older than me, but my brother's 14 years older than me. So like they love wow. Star Wars, but they weren't peers that liked Star Wars. Um, mm. And being a a girl, less girls were fans. I feel like when I was in school, now tons of now all my friends like Star Wars are women. But um, that. at least where I went to school or where I was growing up, I was the only one. Um, so I didn't have really anyone to talk about it to uh, until Twitter. So I was I absolutely love it, too. And it's funny that you mentioned like toy collecting fans, because those are the fans that make me feel like I'm not a fan, not because they did anything, mm. but because I don't know ship names and I never will. Mm. Oh, I, yeah. I, I will I'm never really, know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm literally the last person you want at Star Wars trivia. Like yeah. I've been asked <laughs> to go to Star Wars trivia before and I'm like, I literally can't because you guys won't be able to look at me the same. Like no, you, can't, right? you <laughs> cannot go. <laughs> oh my I mean, gosh. right down to in our last on the last live stream, Chase was, you know, misquoting little Luke and talking Girl, about I called Uncle I, Ben. I, I, I called, yes, I was, in my brain, I was like, oh yeah, like Uncle Ben, like Luke is like Uncle Ben and Obi-Wan. And then I was like, oh my God, no, it's old Ben. That's actually oh. so much cuter though. I kind of love it. It is cuter. And like, listen, I was raised on Spider-Man. So <laughs> there's only one way to refer to a Ben. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Brian. Oh my God. That's mm. so funny. So wait, Okay, so you guys didn't meet through Star Wars Twitter then? No, Brian and I's origin story is a little different. I mean, I want to hear it. I I guess we met through Twitter. I don't know. We we met. We met. I basically I watched. No, we met through the stream. Watched. Yeah, we met through the stream. Right, that's right. Because I watched Pink Milk before I joined Pink Milk, and so Mm. I watched Pink Milk for quite a while, and um, like After Dark specifically, and. And then, and then I started my own YouTube channel and started kind of making my own content. And then Brian had me on for pride month and then, yeah. yeah. And then, and then, and then afterward, I don't know. It's just like, after that episode, we just were like, that felt really right. Like maybe Brian was gracious enough to invite me to like have a permanent spot with everyone. And I don't Mm -hmm. know, that was kind of how it started. That's awesome. Wow. (laughs) I still have. So like we would interact in the chat room. I don't even think it was called the steam room yet. I don't remember. No, it was just um, the chat. Yeah. But I have here, I still have it on my, on my Instagram. I'm looking at it right now. My very oh. first direct message from Chase from December oh, 30th, what? 2020. <gasps> yeah. Hey, Brian, Tom, Emma, and Mark. Although I assume Brian is reading this. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that was kind of, we would chit chat here or there. It's a very long, which I now know Chase. Chase is Chase not really exactly like, no, you don't really type that much normally. No, I, I actually, feel. yeah, yeah, I know. I think, I don't know. But, I don't know. Um, what, did I, what did I say? <laughs> yeah, you were, you were talking about starting your own um, YouTube channel and, and everything. Aww. It was really, really wonderful. That's so sweet. Oh my God. I don't know if it ever happened, but um, there we are. <laughs> and here you are. But yeah, that, that time, Chase was on our first Pride episode for the live stream that we had ever done mm-hmm. on the live stream. And we got bombarded with like a bunch of homophobic trolls or a bot or something. It was really awful. Um, Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. We had to stop the recording at one point and like kind of restart. But um, I absolutely adore Chase. Like always (laughs) adore Chase. They're just something I, I am very inspired by them. 
uh, always oh, have wow. been. I felt that way through through the Steam Room before we ever actually like really started interacting like more one on one. And when that happened on that stream, like we all just kind of rolled with the punches the best we could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the first time we had ever really interacted like face to face via a stream. But you know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. And yeah. it just felt Chase just felt like they were always there. It was this amazing thing. And then I just I guess I when we were done, it was just uh, Emma and Mark and myself at that time. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to them and I was like, that felt like really good. Right. Like regardless of all the other trash that happened, <laughs> the whole like it felt great. And then. um I did. I think it was like the next day or two. I I got Chase's number and I called them and asked if they wanted to join. And I'm really, really glad because Em and I, we're all in our 40s. Chase brings mm-hmm. in a very, very different perspective and um, that I thought was missing. And, and 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 they've really made the show. And then when Star Wars Celebration came this year, it was the first time all four of us have ever met in real life and oh so it was gosh. a very like it was a very exciting thing and uh a chase and i like really really bonded um yeah so much so that now chase is my ray to my luke and yeah. I, I, I i i am inspired by chase every day i just i i adore I, you my friend as you know i love you so much thank you and i just have to say all of that right back i really do feel inspired by it. like and i always felt inspired by brian watching the show so like being able to mm-hmm. be on the show as a guest was amazing and then being asked to come on was even more amazing and it was like an immediate yes for me because i also felt very i felt like i really kind of like fit in with you three like i felt like it was just like I, I felt the same thing. I felt like I was like, oh, I feel like we've all been friends for a while. And of course, like I had been in the chat a few, t- like, you know, quite a few times I would go almost like every Friday. I just loved watching. Um, but to like really feel that sense of belonging with a team of people that like you had never met or talked to like on screen or face to face or whatever was really special. And um, and it also means a lot to me, too, because I also feel like I have like I have three like three new besties, but also like three new people that can like, like mentors in a way, especially with Brian is like, just because Brian, like, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that Brian and I really like teach each other a lot, which is a very lucky thing to be able to have. And Brian inspires me all the way. So yeah, I agree with all of it. I love that so much. Oh my God. (laughs) That is so sweet. Can I um, share something, Chase, that you said to me on the phone once that as much as I love and adore you, I'm still holding on to bitter queen. (laughs) Um, I'm nervous. <laughs> Chase referred to me as an elder queer. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Was that you mean, was that recent, Brian? It sure was. I will say no. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Is like <laughs> queer queer mentorship. I is is like a very. I think it's a very it's a very integral part of being queer, even yes. if it's not like. Even if it doesn't manifest the same way, it, I think like queer mentorship can manifest in different ways. Like literally, there are some people, especially growing up, I feel like before like information was ac- as accessible, like on the internet and stuff about mm-hmm. like sex and about like sex education and just trying to like figure things out. And so I think like queer mentorship really in a lot of ways stemmed from that as like queer people like grew up. But yeah. like outside of that, like it also can mean a lot of different things. And Brian, if I ever is an elder, it's not because I think you're old. <laughs> I literally just mean that you're older than me. No, so I'm, just know I'm that. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but it's true. No, like, just so I funny love, 
Go ahead. <laughs> I love our I love our relationship because I think something that Chase and I, especially more recently, have been and have been discussing between the two of mm-hmm. us. Like maybe it's less so now. I hope it is, but sadly, I don't think it is. Like I think as as an older person, like especially as a gay man, especially specifically as a gay man, there's sometimes I feel like a lot of disrespect to mm-hmm. the generations that came after us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, I think there, there are, you know, there are things, you know, there are differences and that's, that's wonderful. But I very much believe like I've learned so much just from chase mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Uh, because their experience was so much different than mine. I've learned to let go of some of the stuff that needed to be let go of. You know, the, yeah. like my own coming out experience is like, OK, some of this doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Now, at the time of this recording, maybe some of these things are coming back. I don't know what's going on. It really <laughs> yeah. stinks. Um, but I think I think generations of let's just stick in the LGBTQ community can like learn a lot from one another. You know, mm-hmm. there's yes. there's so much like younger people are so much freer to speak. In broad strokes, freer to talk about things than like I ever was. Mm -hmm. I mean, in my 20s in the state of Arizona, it was illegal to even sleep with another man. It was illegal to just sleep. And that's, you know, possibly coming back. That's some of the stuff that the jerk Thomas is bringing up. You know, it Mm. wasn't always exercised, but it could be. And that was very fearful, you know, and there's a lot of those things like that is still so deeply embedded in who I am that I don't know if I can ever fully let go of because it was a very, mm. very much built. It's in my DNA now as a, as a queer person, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not great. It kind of stinks, um, yeah. but it's there, but I've learned that not everyone has to have that anymore. And it's been very, very freeing, you know? No. And I think that it's really important for like, not old, you're not old, but like older um, queer people to remind like Gen Z's or whatever that like it was so much worse like it was like how much things have changed and they might be mm-hmm. going back to that but it is so important to hear it like as a younger person I personally um, I grew up in the church so like I'm not out um, hopefully my parents never listen to my podcast but in high school no it's 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 whatever but uh, in high school I went to a private Christian school and um, no one, no one was out. I couldn't tell anybody, but I had a friend and her mom uh, was a lesbian, is a lesbian. And her dad is a gay man. And they uh, were best friends and they had a kid together, <laughs> um, which is awesome. Very well and, and grace. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> and I never could explain to like my family why I wanted to stay at their house all the time. And it was because like her mom, like even when she wasn't around, her mom would like take me out to dinner and take me to plays and just like be another mom for me. Mm-hmm. And I never even came out to their family, but um, it was so important to me and so formative for me to have like an older like lesbian woman. I'm I'm bi, but like an older lesbian woman to like show me that like things will be OK. Yeah. And kind of teach me about like. Like she was very active in pride every year. And so like I snuck out and didn't tell my parents I was going to pride parade and like all I of that love stuff. That. Good um, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And you no, know, she was just, uh, she was super important and I never 
told them this since I like graduated that school and stuff. But um, yeah, having that mentorship, having someone that can just kind of show you what life will be like when you when 15 years passes as like a queer person it's really important so I love seeing your relationship that's that's really awesome <laughs> like well I love so hearing cool. about yours that's like really awesome yeah. I've been thinking a lot about sort of like the role of people who have just been around longer whether it's by like three years 13 years or 30 years like yeah that is such a powerful thing within the queer community and it's just so cool like it's First of all, bring it back. I feel like almost like queer mentorship like isn't around as much. But what's mm-hmm. really cool is like everyone I do feel like in the queer community at least has someone like you're saying, Madison, like your like your friend's mom who did such an awesome job of just promoting like promoting love and inclusion. I guess it's yeah. like just feels like I feel like those words are so watered down right now, especially like during a month like June because <laughs> like you know everyone using it, but. But it really, it's like, it's showing people how life changes and how life evolves. And like, there is Mm -hmm. hope to bring it back to Star Wars. And it's also something that like, we see a lot in Star Wars too. So like the mentorship aspect to Star Wars has always been like one of the queerest things to me. Yeah. And um, I just want to say thank you for- Yeah, that too, for sure. (laughs) But yeah. And like, so yeah. So thank you for sharing that because I always love hearing like people growing up, like, you know, what kind of- um, mentorship was there regardless of how explicit that mentorship was like a mentorship yeah. isn't necessarily like sitting down every week and like learning it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be a very like generalized you know subtle thing yeah no I appreciate that I've never actually told anyone that story so well I thank um, you I love well, that story you. yeah <laughs> you're right mentorship can be mentorship can be so much more that's why yes. you know mm-hmm. I think um things like media that's why it's so important to see things. I, I know not everyone thinks uh, about representation the same way I do. And I totally respect that. But like, for me, representation in media is, is sometimes I think less for us, the ones being represented Mm -hmm. and more for the people who don't see us every single day that can help normalize, you know, like if people love star Wars and they see a queer couple, like, it could have been like, well, my church told me they're wrong, but, you know, I really fell in love with these two characters. Mm-hmm. And, oh, mm-hmm. and maybe it's not that big of a deal. And that is, it, uh, in a way, a form of mentorship, you know, to a yeah. greater mm-hmm. community. And I, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I love I love that that happened for you, even if it wasn't in a direct, direct um purposeful way on their part you know just their mere existence helped you with something and like it like it also like mentorship works both ways like it's like the student teaching the teacher and all that kind of stuff and so it's like the younger like like i think brian and i like really feel like we we sit in that together which is awesome like it's like this like you know intergenerational dialogue that we just kind of like live in and we both teach each other a lot but in general it's like you madison we're probably teaching a lot to to your friend's mom in ways that you didn't know, you mm-hmm. know, in little things mm-hmm. that in little ways that you might not have seen, especially because you were like younger. So it's like, it's just never take for granted the power of like, of, of mentorship, uh, mentorship relationships and like the, the, the ability of them to be able to be like mutual. And also again, yeah, like, yeah. it's like, we see it again, like apprentices and Padawans teaching their masters too, especially with Ahsoka mm-hmm. and the Clone Wars. Like, I feel like that is like, really hit on is Ahsoka's teaching Obi-Wan and Anakin things left and right. So yeah, no. And I totally get what you're saying too, because even I'm what 25 now and Mm -hmm. seeing like high schoolers on TikTok, 
They've already evolved so much from like Isn't where I wild? was in high school. They're all out. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, and so what's so funny is, again, I went to like a Christian school. Uh, turns out every single person basically in my friend group is gay. Um, yes. But none of us, none of us yes. were there for each other. None of us like came out in high school. My best yeah. friend from that high school, she's a lesbian. My other best friend from that school, she's bi. Um, everyone like non-binary, asexual, the whole group, the whole group turned out gay wow. after we graduated. <laughs> um, queerness attracts queerness. Like always. Yeah, it's just, it, oh my like, God. Yeah, it's it how it is. Really even does. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And but now, like 10 years later, we would have all been out in high school seeing the kids mm -hmm. on the Internet. We I oh, know yeah. for a fact we would have been out in high school. Me too. So it's so inspiring to see younger generate. I mean, there is still, I guess, in my generation, but just a decade later, the growth. And yeah. if we had more representation and stuff like big franchises, Marvel, Star Wars, DC, I feel like it inspire more kids to see them on the screen and be like, yeah, that's me. That's like, that's what I am too. Mm -hmm. Nowhere to go, but up. Oh, yes. Tying it back to a, f a few minutes. I know. Well, yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. Fingers, maybe crossed. Not. <laughs> fingers, fingers crossed on one hand, brick in the other hand. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> a few. Oh my God. Sorry. Breaking news. The what choice fundraiser just hit $30,000. Wow. Holy I believe. Wow. Um, let me double check the messages I'm getting on my spammed with right now. Also, thank, thank you, you guys everyone. for posting about that. It's so awesome to see all the Star Wars community coming together. The group chat trying to plan it for yesterday was popping off on Friday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been crazy. Oh, no. 20,000. Sorry. Someone misspoke in the chat. Still cool. But um, yep. but yeah, this weekend's been insane. Anyway, going back to Chase's first time um, on Pink Milk, I had a question that was, have you guys experienced any homophobia in the Star Wars community? <laughs> Clearly you have. So that answered that question. But how has your experience like as queer fans been? Do you face that type of homophobia daily? Is it less often? I I'd, I'd love to know. I mostly have to deal with sexism in the fandom. So mm. me being bi is secondary to the misogyny that I deal with. Um, and I've really only interviewed other girls on here. So I'd love to know, like, I feel like it has to be much worse for gay men. The fandom's vile towards gay men. So mm. <laughs> what has your experience been as Star Wars fans? Hey, so you, you take the lead on this one. Um, yeah, I'll take I'll take it. I mean, for me, it's been sort of um, when it rains, it pours everything like it's either like all <laughs> quiet, like there's nothing happening or like or it's just like constant, like um, degrading. I mean, it's it, 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 it's interesting, though, because like I find that the insults get less and less intelligent. <laughs> So yes, they that's bother true. me less and less because like, it, it, it's just why, I mean, people like, will like say that they like, Oh, like they're, they'll like assume they'll like, they'll say something like, Oh, I bet you have a short lightsaber. I'm like, okay, that is the weirdest <laughs> euphemism what? I've ever heard in my entire life. It doesn't hit. And also why are you thinking no. about the size of my lightsaber? If you don't like gay people, like I'm confused. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. Homophobes are so stupid. Um, they really literally, are. <laughs> yeah. And like, what did they say? Oh, I, when I, I like tweeted out, I met you in a celebration. And when I tweeted out that picture, someone, I mean, like I, I read it to Blake. And first of all, like, it's like not funny, obviously. And it's like mean and it's not cool. 
but mm-hmm. like I like I like read it to my partner and we like laughed pretty hard about it because it was just like weird and like basically like someone just commented they're like what is that? Is that supposed to be a man about me? And it's like, it's like, first of all, it's hilarious because like I'm non-binary. So it's like, no, it's not really supposed to be a man. So you got it. You got the assignment. Exactly. (laughs) Happy pride. Thank you. Um, Gender affirming. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Not me getting accidentally gender affirmed by homophobes. Um, So it, it, for me, it really has been like, you know, every once in a while it does get a little bit more serious, but mm-hmm. I find, I personally find that the less I engage with it, the less I get of it. Um, yeah. I'm very yeah. quick to just sort of like, and Brian and I are very open about having different views on this. And I love that we have different views on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I a hundred percent respect and understand Brian's like view on it. And I'm sure he'll get into it. And I actually like to the point where I understand it so much, Brian, that like, I even think about adopting it myself, but for the most part, I just kind of like delete and don't engage. Right. So that's usually my tactic, delete block and don't engage. Yeah. 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 So, um, but that's what I'd say about my engagement is it just kind of, it's like when it's there, it's there, but it's not, I don't think it's that incessant, but I think part of the reason it's not incessant is because I don't engage with it. If that makes sense. Well, you shouldn't have to be experiencing it, it at all. It's oh, disgusting, yeah, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I wish I had that mindset of like letting it roll off because I will fight people for days on Twitter. Right. <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> um, anyway, so sorry. My mind doesn't matter. Brian, what has your experience been like? You know, I, yeah, Chase and I are very different. You know, that's one thing that I am personally so proud of with Pink Milk is that I think. And when the show started, it was just my husband and I mm-hmm. on a podcast before the live stream happened. And even Tom and I, you know, we're coming up to 15 years together, think about things very differently and we have a mutual respect for one another. So I mm-hmm. even on the podcast, like Tom and I all talk about how we think things think about things differently now with a live stream and, you know, pink, <clears throat> excuse me, pink milk has grown to to hold more more voices but one thing that's always maintained is that all of us very much respect one another for feeling differently about certain Mm. certain aspects or approach things Mm -hmm. differently i think it allows our listeners and our steam queens to feel welcome even if they don't agree with everything we say (laughs) and um i'm really really proud of that especially as a queer person because you know there's a lot of different people in the rainbow and we all have different experiences, but because we're so marginalized, we kind of stand together and let our uh, something that's become very important to me, especially this last few years is not looking for everyone's similar similarities and start celebrating our differences and look for differences in one another and learning about those differences and celebrating that. Um, I don't want to be, painted with the same brush as everybody else personally, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, we're not a monolith. Like we right, all have exactly. different experiences and opinions and yep. yeah. Yep. So I think to get back to the question, you know, I, I do get a fair amount and I agree with Chase hundred percent. And when it rains, it pours and then it will lie mm-hmm. dormant for a minute. Um, sometimes I'm a little antagonistic and maybe <laughs> to circle back a little bit to, to the conversations of, of younger queer people. I think sometimes I've had experiences on Twitter from to paint with a broad stroke that I just asked not to paint with, but like <laughs> young, younger queer people sometimes coming at me as a 40 something year old white gay guy. Um, mm, yes, and yeah. 
that that almost devaluing my voice as a queer person because I'm a 40 something white dude. Um, and I understand the privileges that come with that. That's not at all something that I, I ignore. Mm-hmm. But to circle back to, you know, there was no Internet when I was in high school coming out. There was no yeah. queer people in my community. I was literally it. You know, I mm-hmm. didn't even have the resources of Twitter. And I think sometimes when when you're you know, if you're in your early 20s, you don't know a life without the Internet. So you can't even comprehend mm-hmm. only having your high school or only having your neighborhood streets. Like, I don't think that comprehension exists. And great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm so happy that they don't have to have that. But, you know, I mean, I've been spit on. I've been threatened to be arrested. I've had police officers turn their back on me in the in 90s when we're all getting spit on and beaten up and you know it didn't matter that i was a white dude back then i was gay scum and i was beneath absolutely everything and it was i was coming out and the aids epidemic was still around it was it was Mm -hmm. tailoring off from the height but gay men were treated the worst because we Mm -hmm. were the ones who carried aids into the world gay men were targeted tremendously you know yeah um that that that's the gaze that I came out with. And I still like as much as I want to get away from it. And I know it's not exactly that way anymore. I still feel that way a lot of times. And that's probably incredibly selfish. And I, and I certainly don't ever want to take away from other people, but that's still a lens in which I see the world through. And I don't trust a lot of great people (laughs) because Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. that as much as I want to. So long, a long way to get here. Chase and I, like, I don't delete. Chase is a block and delete person. Uh-huh. I tend to leave a lot of those comments up to mm-hmm. combat the idea that it doesn't exist anymore. I hear it from younger yes. queer people. I've heard right. it from yes. straight yeah. people that that doesn't exist anymore. People don't say that right. to you anymore. You know, you got marriage equality. I'm like, no, actually, it happens all the time. And, yeah. you know, if I make a post, like, like I said, I could be antagonistic and I can make a little post about Boba Fett being gay. I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm welcoming those people coming in. I never get mad about that stuff. I don't fight. Is it cool that I do that? I don't know. Probably not. But, you know, sometimes I like to push the bear. Mm -hmm. Now, if I the ones that do bother me more is and it's mostly on YouTube, to be totally honest, sometimes Mm -hmm. on Twitter, but more YouTube. Like if it's just an episode about like if it's a podcast where Tom and I are talking about our kids and the comments that come on there of you're disgusting and they feel sorry for our children. They should be taken away from us because it should be raised Mm -hmm. by gay people. Those ones. I don't know if the word hurt is right. And again, maybe this is my privilege of not being on the internet forever. I, I refuse to let a stranger get to me that way. Maybe it's because Mm -hmm. I've been physically assaulted in real life. I've been like, I've done all that stuff in the, in the, in the quotes, the real world. Like, okay, I don't know who the Mm -hmm. heck you are. Like, whatever. Like, whatever. Yeah. I leave it there less for me and more of an education to say, hey, this stuff really goes on. And, yeah. you know, I yeah. feel lucky that Pink Milk has become popular enough that people see it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I choose to leave it. I, I, and I engage every once in a while. Sometimes I guess sometimes I have hope that people can change. And if there's, I've had long conversations with people, I'm like, not not even necessarily in a combative sort of way, but like, mm-hmm. well, there's another way to look at this. And I'm not saying think like me, like you do you. I mean, you should shouldn't feel this way, but 
Yeah, yeah. I'm never going to win an argument with a homophobe saying, well, you're just and then the slew of things that I really want to say, that's not going to get me anywhere. Mm -hmm. But to try to speak in some sort of with logic and with a level of respect with them, sometimes you can have a conversation and sometimes you can have someone go, you know, I didn't think of it that way. I don't know if they're going to leave that conversation with, at least in that moment, maybe there can be a meeting, a shaking of the hands at the end. And that's important to me because. I it's maybe it's the Star Wars. I mean, you know, I have hope that people can change and, and maybe this yeah. is their first experience mm. with someone. And if I'm if I'm the first queer person that they're going to meet again, no shade to anybody who wants to throw a brick right in their face because you have every right to with some of the comments that I've gotten. But I don't choose mm-hmm. to always do that. Sometimes yeah. I really yeah. do try to, to come from a place of contribution. If that's an experience with a queer person that they get for the first time, maybe it'll help something. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really uh, a lost art, I feel. So I like yeah. I love hearing you talk about it, Brian, and I really respect it because it is a lost art. I mean, people are so quick just to like write each other off for for the smallest of things at this point. You know, it's not even it's not only like mm-hmm. big things like if you like gay people or not. Now it's like, you know, <clears throat> if you perform a certain type of way on the internet or not, you know, if you yes. if you do this or don't do this, like um so it's nice to hear you talk about, and I had another point, but I don't remember it. I just want to say thank you because I think it's a, a good reminder that there is hope to, to do that. And that's also like how actual change can be made is like not by just writing each other off, but by actually trying to change minds. Like I remember there was an episode of Queer Eye where they mm-hmm. had a, this is like in 2017. So this is like <laughs> hot off the press of a new presidency. And I was like <laughs> the new season of Queer Eye, they like went and like redid a, a Trump supporter, like a huge Trump I supporter, like one. MAGA dude, Madison, I was out. Like I literally, yes. like I started the episode. I was like, why the <laughs> fuck am I going to walk? I'm so sorry, Madison. Yes. I don't know if we curse on sisters. Nice oh, yeah, sisters. We, um, we curse on here. Yeah. Okay, great. Love that. Okay. But I was like, I don't know why the, I was like, I am not watching this episode. And I started watching it and I like, I hated it because mm-hmm. but I loved it because it mm-hmm. really made me like feel and like, like really just made me feel like I really had to ask myself some like serious questions, you know, like yeah. I'm really, it was very uncomfortable, but in the best way where I was like, okay, I guess like a Trump supporter, again, this is like right off, you know, 2016. So, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I really was like, oh, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess Trump supporters like are people too. <laughs> like, yeah, that it's was, crazy. Right? It's crazy it, to have to come to terms with that. It is, but it's healthy. It's really healthy. And so that's why, again, Brian, I'm I'm glad you're speaking to that because it is something, you know, humanizing people. I mean, listen, Luke had to evade, Luke had to humanize his father. Luckily, it's a little Mm -hmm. bit easier, maybe because it was his father, his blood. But regardless, is there's this big, scary man in a scary outfit doing a lot of scary things. And he had to find the the humanness inside of Mm -hmm. him and believe that Mm -hmm. there's, there's change possible. And then there was, and he, he ended a huge cycle of violence that was running rampant across the entire galaxy. Yeah. I think like bouncing off what both of you said, I think as a young queer person, the worst things that the queer community is doing now, the younger Gen Z queer community Mm. is number one, turning their backs on the people that paved the way for us to be able to be out and be open, starting discourse about like, like, Oh, in the eighties, this group of white gay men were supporting lesbians and they used the D word. Like it was different back then. Like, like that, that discourse wasn't there. They were a community there for each other. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I think turning their back on the queer community that made it possible for us to be where we are. Mm -hmm. I think that, 
um, the way that there's no nuance. Like mm-hmm. I've seen people be like, if you still love your parents and your parents believe this, this, and this, like you're not a real part of the community. And That's it's like, insane. they're, they're your parents. Like you don't have to love them, but you can't cancel someone, not cancel, but like, <laughs> luckily my parents aren't Republican. Right. Um, but there are a lot of things we disagree on because of their religion. Mm. Um, and I still love them with my whole heart. And I hope that one day they can change. Um, but there's a lot of the, the modern queer community. I feel like doesn't, they don't want people to grow and change. They want them to be constantly held accountable for their beliefs before. Mm-hmm. And accountability is good to an extent, but it is not helping the community grow when we aren't allowing people change and forgiveness. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, Star Wars, there's a lot of forgiveness. I mean, there's so much redemption. We love a good redemption arc in Star Wars, but we can't allow for that redemption and growth Mm. in the real world. And I think that it will make people that are against us be even more stubborn and not want to grow if they see that, oh, well, I'll always be viewed as this. So why would I change? Why would I change if I'm always going to be seen in this way? And I don't know. It's really it's very upsetting to see. I feel like we're damaging our own community. Mm hmm. And we're digging a hole for ourselves. Very upsetting. And it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. No, no, don't be sorry. No, I love what you're saying. Don't be sorry. It, um, I was just going to say it also like makes it harder to fight the people that we actually should be fighting exactly. and fighting the battles we nope. should be battling because there's we can't unite. Like, we can't unite. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And there's also you an know, element of like, just go ahead, Brian. I think something that's that's important to remember and it's really hard, especially when you're in in the moment and this is something mm-hmm. that truthfully has not only come with me getting older and seeing a lot of change it's also come from my my children and and listening mm-hmm. to their their backgrounds and their dealing with trauma and their their reactions to that change does not come without conflict and change yeah. will not happen if you don't allow people to change, you know, if you don't believe that people mm-hmm. can, like what is, if you don't believe that that's so, so what you're speaking to earlier, Madison, like if, if you don't believe they can actually like have a change of heart about something, well then why fight? Yeah. And what is exactly. the point of saying anything? Because you're actually in that you're to me and maybe this is, is, is a little harsh, Well, then, you know, you're just pretending. You don't yeah. actually want any change. You want to hop to on a Twitter train. Yeah, exactly. You don't believe in anything. And that is a really depressing thing to see. Mm. Um, and we're not going to get anywhere. You know, yeah, you have to I completely agree. What's the point? That's what Star Wars is all about. That's what hope is all about. That's the rebellion exactly. believed that the empire would crumble. The rebellion believed in those things. Look what we learned from little Leia and Obi-Wan. She believed <laughs> in the goodness of people. Yeah. And that is why she fought so hard was because yeah. she knew there was good. Luke knew there was good in Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. He felt it. He knew there was mm-hmm. good in him. He, you could, he couldn't have said it any clearer. There is good in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mm-hmm. felt it. Yeah. 
No, I I think that's why I loved Kylo so much when the sequel trilogy came out. Yes. I, it wasn't even like, a, oh, I love Adam Driver. It was like, oh, this character is going to have the best redemption. And I knew it from The Force Awakens. I was like, I cannot mm-hmm. wait to see his change of heart because he's mm-hmm. Han and Leia's kid. He's going to have a change of heart. I knew it. And people hating him. Oh, he's a villain. You can't like a villain. No, I like that. I see that there's brokenness. And I see mm-hmm. that there's going to be redemption. That is what mm-hmm. I love. That's Star yes. Wars to me. Star Wars will always be about redemption. Um, and yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like Luke saw it. Padme saw it in Anakin. Like Rey saw oh. it in Kylo. Leia saw it in Kylo. Like, and there's so many other characters. The, the Reva and Trilla and all these other like dark side characters that Ventress. turn to the Getting light. Back to Ventress. Night sisters, Ventress. Oh my yeah. God. One of my favorite, <laughs> Oh, dark disciples, my favorite thing in the world, but, um, yes. but Girl yeah, anyway, <laughs> can I just add one thing about Kenobi specifically? Because yeah, of course that show I think is my f- y'all. I think it's like some of my favorite Star Wars ever because Period. what it did so beautifully that we haven't seen necessarily in Star Wars yet. That relates to what we were talking to about just like, the queer community and like, and, and my, I guess I'll just speak to myself as like my lesson of like, you know, Trump supporters are people too. And all that, you know, hold out for change and all that kind of stuff is like, there's a lot like, um, you just said that's a lot of conviction, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Girl, I'm just, listen, <laughs> I am <I'm> trying. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my God. Um, so yeah. So in Kenobi, there is so much, uh, minding of business which i think is also lost in the age of the internet where it's like it's like sometimes like someone thinking a certain way isn't your business do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like sometimes something someone is going through is like and like how they're dealing with it is not your business so there's like there's in the internet and social media i think there's a lot of entitlement over like how people perform and how people act and what people communicate Um, But what was so cool about Kenobi is we saw Kenobi and Reva go through these journeys and find healing without any any interference from anyone. Obi-Wan never like got like inspired by like, by Qui-Gon telling him what to do. Obi-Wan never told Reva what to do. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they took, they took note of their, of their surroundings. Like little Leia helped Ben a lot, you know, but not explicitly didn't, Leia didn't tell Ben what to do. And Ben like helped Reva by saying like, like, like I like, you know, you can honor them. You can, you can honor them by like helping younglings by saving younglings. Like you can, you yeah. can, you can, there are other ways, like there's just, there was so much autonomy that everyone was given. And I think that it's like a great lesson for us to learn based off of what we were talking about, where it's like, like stay in your lane and have empathy for everyone else in their other lanes. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sometimes you don't mm-hmm. have to like cross over and like interfere. Like sometimes you can just like be empathetic and trust. There's like an element of trust too, like trust, like believe that people can change and also trust that they will. You know what I mean? Like yeah. hold people in their yeah. highest yep. power. Yeah, I just want to let me sorry, real. I just want to piggyback on something that you were saying, Chase. Something that I I really try to teach my my kids is your like you, Madison or Chase. Your relationship with someone does not necessarily define my relationship with that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is is such an important thing that that isn't talked about a lot. People are just yeah, you know, everyone, you know, you get along in life. You know, you're always somebody's ex right yeah that relationship <laughs> yeah. didn't work 
that doesn't mean that person is horrible forever. You know, there are horrible people out there, but like maybe your relationship just didn't work and you will find someone else that you were, or that, that, that you're really compatible with. And, and inner interpersonal relationships don't extend past those two people all the time or three people that or whatever way. it might be like. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think people, I wish that was more acceptable, you know, like, Oh, but yeah, I am so sorry. I'm keeping you for so long. I know there's kiddos no, involved. Um, I'm going to speak oh, through great. some more Star Wars questions, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's your favorite piece of Star Wars media? Just on a completely different note. What's your favorite like movie, game, show, whatever? <laughs> I think right now I got to say, I got to go with Kenobi. Like that okay. really is my favorite right now. Um, Return of the Jedi forever and always. Yay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but. Uh, Attack of the Clones is like right there for me. And that makes um, me so happy. <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> those two are like those two are my heart. Those two are my mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, I love Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Just so every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I love it more than the last. time. And I loved it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I saw it in theaters as a kid. Like I was a very little kid, but I saw it and I loved it. Um, and I just saw it in theaters, as you guys know. And I was just like, damn, I love that movie so much. I wish it didn't get hate. I love it so much. It's probably, honestly, it's probably my favorite Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But there's just Return of the Jedi has just always been there. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. a world without it. So it's like, I don't know. I love those. And I, yeah. Anyways, they're great. They're perfect. Did you, yes. did you happen to go to the Return <laughs> of the Jedi creatures panel at Celebration? Uh, we missed it. We did not. Oh, I wanted we to went, because I also love Gabe and Jason from Blast that's Points. That's why we went, um, actually. Yep. <laughs> I went because I love Blast Points, but um, but it was so fun. It was so interesting. Again, like, I don't know ships. I don't know a ton of the creatures. Um, I, as much as I've loved Star Wars my whole life, those just haven't been my special interests. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it was so awesome and love them so much. Okay. Who are your Star Wars role models? I would have to say you you take the lead. I mean, I will say like in universe, I'd say Ray, I think Mm -hmm. is my like, like role model. And outside of Star Wars, I'd say Carrie Fisher, just because I mean, who doesn't want to be more like Carrie Fisher? So it's kind of a basic answer, but there it is. Um, But Ray for sure, because there's just um, there's a power to I mean, I don't know if like she was handled the best way, you know, in the writing across the three movies, but I will say she has like, it's almost like a weird meta moment where like, she didn't, she didn't know who she was in the universe necessarily. And like, and like could have been a million different things and then ultimately chose her own thing to be. And then like in our universe, it's like, we saw a character who who like literally was that in terms of like, like the, I don't even know if the writers knew who she was and where, where she wanted to be. But like, I feel like Daisy Ridley and like the way Ray, Ray comes across like in universe and out of the universe is like, is just like someone who's like defining who they are themselves, like regardless yeah. of anything yeah. anyone has to say, regardless of what fans have to say, regardless of what writers have to say, regardless of what directors have to say, like she's so self-defined and has and on, on top of that, like has been through like a lot of trauma and still has like the power within her to just define herself and do her own thing. And I just think mm-hmm. that's like pretty epic and definitely like a role model. Energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, hundred percent, especially as a queer person. So many of yeah, us yeah. had to go through that journey ourselves. Um, 
I think for me, IRL, um, outside of story, George Lucas, yeah, I think, yeah. um, and that's basic as well. But like, I've said this many a time, I love Star Wars Disney. Like, so I don't, but I miss a little bit of George's middle finger up at everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's really, really important. And I think there is, I think George Lucas has inspired me as a, as a person a lot as well because i would like to think of myself as being a very open person you know and 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 can see and loves to be surrounded by different types of people but i also have my middle finger up at a lot of people at the same yeah. time yeah. <laughs> and i'm um and i love that about him i love that that's baked into the dna of star wars um middle mm-hmm. star wars is got its middle finger up at everybody forever and always really i love that yeah about it. <laughs> And in a playful way, you can be, you know, to go off topic for just a hot second, like Robin is one of my favorite musical artists of all time. Mm-hmm. She's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I very much, I, I, I love her for the same reasons and her music for the same reasons that I love Star Wars. Like she yeah, knows what yeah. she's inspired by. She is a very self-assured, self-driven person, but she's also really funny and and cute and never takes herself too seriously Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. what i love about star wars star wars is still really playful but there's so much to it and it is very serious and star wars isn't afraid to tackle really really big conversations i mean honestly george lucas taught a bunch of children to not trust their government not trust the church. <laughs> no literally you can love <laughs> you can love those two things but also don't trust them sleep yeah. with one mm-hmm. eye open and love what you yeah. love, embrace what you and have hope that those things will get better. But you can't just blindly trust them. You've mm-hmm. got to stick. To, I mean, talk about Ray. Jason's just talking about Ray and how self-assured she was. Well, that's the that's Star Wars. Yeah. And it, yeah. Anyway, and I, uh, I love that. Like George ahead. was never put in a box. He was always pushing the envelope. And I think that's why I like The Last Jedi the most out of the sequel trilogy, because it felt like Ryan Johnson pushing the envelope not being contained to what Star Wars fans wanted on Reddit. Like he just wanted to do his thing. And I felt like that was so George Lucas of him. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad that he gets hated for being different when George got hated for the prequels for being different, you know, like, yeah. um, and I don't know. That's why I love Ryan Johnson because it, of the new trilogy, it felt the most George to me. Mm-hmm. Nope. And yeah, I love that. I love your answers. Those are fantastic. <laughs> okay. So, oh yeah. How was your experience at Celebration? How did your, how was your panel? Oh, Brian, oh you got to take it. <laughs> um, I'm still coming down from our entire experience. Like Chase and I <laughs> had never been to Celebration before. Oh my God. And talk about okay. being spoiled. Oh, like yeah. talk about being spoiled. Like, like it is not fair. I'm, it's just not fair. It's not fair <laughs> to everybody else. Um, it was for me, a life changing moment, less so as like a, a, a dad or whatever, but it's like as a, as a creator, as an artist, as, yeah, as that it was life changing. I have been a person who just as Brian, <laughs> and then even more specifically as a queer person mm-hmm. have been unnoticed most of oh, my yeah. life. Like never taken, I'm, I'm either too playful, so I can't be taken seriously enough. If I come across as too focused, then I'm a jerk. 
um, and intimidating and not likable or just ignored. Just I, mm-hmm. I, I've always been the one that people, you know, I'm short, so maybe it's easy for people to look over my head. But like, I think for me on a very, very personal and selfish level, be recognized and to be celebrated was just something I have never experienced, especially to mm-hmm. that level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt really, really great. It felt really great. So and awesome. then it felt really great as a queer person. And, you know, I have no doubt that that someone put us up there specifically because we're a queer podcast. And I know some people might be offended by that and, and, and the and the in quotes tokenism of that idea. Mm-hmm. But I celebrate that because it. Yeah. <laughs> again, we don't you have to take those things. You have to take pur- purposeful steps in order to get change to happen. And mm-hmm. I feel really, really honored. There are a lot of other queer podcasts and there's a lot of uh, queer podcasts that are quite frankly are probably better than anything I could ever do. But they we were what was up there and I felt proud to be able to speak as a queer person. I felt proud to be able to speak to um, personally to adopting our children and sharing a positive light on the foster system and as a queer Mm -hmm. parent and as a gay man, as a parent, um, I felt really proud of all of those things. And then at the end, during the closing ceremonies, like they shouted us out. Yeah. Like I can't. I remember. (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) I'm going to get here right now. Just like it was, I've never personally, I have never been celebrated like that. It was overwhelming. I'm really, really, really grateful. What about I'm you? getting emotional just hearing about it. That is so awesome. Like, oh my God. Was I love lot. that. How was it for you, Chase? <laughs> um, I I mean, I gr- completely agree with everything Brian said. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only things I would add to it from my perspective was I was really blown away by the amount of support we had within the fandom. So like oh, yeah. getting getting the opportunity from Lucasfilm and and um Star Wars like was awesome. But then on top of that, like Pink Milk has been able to become what it's become and it's it's, it's able to grow the way it, it grows and evolve the way it evolves because of people who like just friends, like friends, people who yeah. listen to the show, people who support the show, people just like friends of ours who are like so there for us and so ready to like fight for us and like and and just like promote the show, not in the sense of like retweeting something, but promote the show as in like they they hold up like what Pink Milk is all about and they support mm-hmm. it. Like they really hold us up in a really, really generously supportive way emotionally um, and like as allies and as queer people. Like it's just, I feel very, I felt very held in that, I think is the word I'd use. And it was mm-hmm. so incredible because I felt like I was like, you seeing the people that were there, I'm like, damn, I'm like, we really got here because of every single person that we're looking at. So it's like, it's funny. Cause like yeah. people are like looking at us, but we're, I was just looking at everyone. I'm like, damn, like we're literally like up here because like of our friends who are just so kind and so loving and so encouraging of like, of like, you know, the show and, and, and encouraging of queerness and star Wars and talking more about it. So that was really, I mean, like I just was overwhelmed with gratitude for everyone who has ever, you know, you know, giving us a kind word or like, just like told us something they liked about the episode or like, you know, encouraging us to keep doing it. Um, so I think that for me was a huge thing. And also kind of similarly, similarly to Brian talking about like being like some, a form of representation for like adopted family and, and foster care system and everything. And for Mm -hmm. me, I felt like that about like non-binary. Cause like, there aren't too many like non-binary fans that like are able to have a platform like that. And, 
Yeah, I'm grateful yeah. to Brian for bringing me on the show. I'm grateful to like Star Wars and to, to Star Wars Celebration, but it was really cool. And like, I really, I didn't necessarily realize the importance of having non-binary people at a microphone in front of other people. And I mean, mm-hmm. any non-binary person, not myself. Like, I just mean that like, cause it was cool because I had a lot of non-binary fans coming up to me afterwards and just talking to me about like what that meant. And I'm like, wow, like that's a good point. Like if I saw any non-binary person with a microphone talking to other people, like that would be a cool thing. Like it doesn't matter who it is, but just knowing yeah. that there are more of us and that there are people like us that get to also like talk about Star Wars in the same way that like our friends, Alex and Molly talk about it from Star Wars Explained. Like that's like mm-hmm. really cool. Like, that's really, really cool. They're in the best people ever and I adore <laughs> them. Um, yeah. So, so I think that was also another thing that I was like, wow, like I really am like, I need to lean into this more out of like a responsibility. Like I need to lean into the fact that like I am, um, I do have a responsibility with that. The small platform that I do have is there's a, yeah. there's responsibility there. So that was cool. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, Chase yeah. and I have been talking about that a lot, actually. Like the gratitude has now turned into a little bit of, of, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess for me, it, it forced me to take, Take it more seriously. Not that I didn't mm-hmm. take it seriously mm-hmm. before, but like I, you know, we went into Sea Star Wars Explained on the podcasting stage the day before yeah. us, I think it was maybe two days. Um, and it was a big room. It was a big room. Yeah. I was like, OK, well, this helps. I know it's not going to be full and it relieves some some anxiety and some pressure. Yeah. And then by the it filled up, <laughs> we filled up that <laughs> yep, whole room. Yeah. And oh, my God. And the support and, and, you know, the the Thursday before we had a, a queer meetup at a bar mm-hmm. and it was much further than we thought it was. So we're like, OK, well, people aren't going to come. Yeah. And then they announced Obi within the Obi-Wan sneak peek of the thing. OK, well, the people aren't going to come. And then they announced that Obi-Wan was going to actually premiere at 9 p.m. We're like, OK, well, that's <laughs> right when things are going. Yeah. But that they were, that filled up, too. And that's so awesome. it, it was like. I was really, really, I have said this and I say this a lot, but I mean it like, I don't know how this community was formed that that pink milk finds itself in and with. I am so proud. I've been to a lot of shows. I go to a lot of conventions. I sat at a lot of stages and there are fans that love Star Wars and they're there to listen to the people that they they like to listen to and they want to hear about Star Wars. Yeah. And that's wonderful. That's great. But I feel like and this is what I walked away with a lot, too, in both of those in in the queer meetup and at our podcasting stage. Mm -hmm. There's a real community of people that are there to support one another. And Star Wars almost becomes secondary. Mm -hmm. And it gets me really, really emotional to think about that because it's such a privilege. And I really don't know how it got there. But like we I feel like. You know, we call the we we call it the steam queens. That's that's what we call each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I just feel like there's real friendships being born there. There are real people who get to be themselves. And Star mm-hmm. Wars, like, or it was our introduction, but it's our relationships that keep us together. Yeah. If that makes 100%. sense. 100%. No, 100%. I'm so proud of that. I'm really, really, I'm really proud of that. And that's the motivating thing to keep going, you know? Um, And I can't, we're three years in and we're still growing and more people are meeting one (laughs) another. And, and I've heard from people that met because they, they've come to pink milk because of the community. I've heard that this is a great place where, where 
people are really wonderful together. So awesome. It makes me feel real proud. Like when you're on Twitter and you know, the inevitable question once a week, like I'm trying to find the Star Wars community that's really nice. And whenever Pink Milk is tagged, it's never mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. It's never the show. It's Pink Milk has the best community. And that is like, I don't want that to be arrogant. And that's not how I intended no, it to be. No, but it's just like, not at all. I, that's I feel so awesome. Really, yeah. I feel really honored to be able to share a space with those kinds of people. And that was yeah. really, really obvious at celebration. It was amazing. I love that. It was really, so really much. amazing. No, and I get what you're saying about like the gratitude turns into holy shit, this is real. Um, because obviously, I, Night Sisters is very, very small. I think I started posting again a month and a half before celebration. So like mm-hmm. really no time at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of times I got stopped by people I don't know that were just like, hey, mm-hmm. love your podcast. Like, hey, happy birthday. Love your pod. Like it was weird. It was really weird yep. because I was like, I haven't been posting that long, but I kind of accidentally took it the opposite way and it scared me shitless. And like <laughs> all of June, I've had this weird not writer's block, but like, I get that. This is my first real recording since celebration. And it's almost a month. It is a month past because I was like frozen with this. Oh my God, people are listening. I'm so scared. (laughs) (laughs) This is real. And it's like such a small, small, small podcast. It's just a little baby podcast, but like it became very real seeing those people face to face very inspiring. I'm very honored that anyone listens at all. But yeah, I am grateful to like an extent I can't even I can't even put it to words how grateful I am. But oh my God, it's real. Like and this is a real thing. Yep. So for you guys to have like a panel, a community event, meeting all these people, your first celebration, I guess what I'm saying is I can't even imagine because that's like what I experienced times a thousand. And I cannot even imagine how that feels. So I'm so proud of you guys. Like the, you, you guys do have a great community. I, I love you guys. I was so excited to meet you. So like, oh, that must have been just the most rewarding feeling in the world to be able to see it come to fruition at a place like mm-hmm. Celebration. That's so awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. It was crazy. And it was great to feel like I like we said earlier, we all met for the first time in real life at celebration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we went to breakfast that very first morning and it was Mark who was just like, this feels really great. This feels exactly what oh. I thought it was going to feel like. Cause you never really know. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we were all talking and Chase and I are, are very well, as we learn more and more alike than I think we <laughs> thought before. We're like, oh, we're going to have plenty of downtime. We'll do our things together. But like, I'm really independent. Chase is really independent. We'll have our separate mm-hmm. time to go do our thing. And literally, I think Chase and I spent just about every waking minute together. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it, was so, awesome. it was so wild. I was like, I'll just like walk around the convention by myself and like meet them up for like dinner and stuff. And then Brian and I just like, I don't know what it was, but the second we met, we were like, okay, we're here. <laughs> That's <laughs> this is awesome. The vibe. I love that. And then we would just kind of yeah. like separate and come back together and separate and come back together. But yeah, my time with Brian was definitely like the highlight of my whole weekend. It was awesome. That's so amazing. I love that so much. Hey, I had... So many questions written down, but I feel like we naturally <laughs> just touched on a bit of everything I wanted to ask you, which is fantastic. Um, so thank you. But I do have a couple questions. Uh, what is your up- upcoming Star Wars project you're most excited for? Um, 
I will say the acolyte. Nice. I really am. I'm really. <laughs> it's the acolyte for me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm ready for some dark sided goodness, and I'm ready for queerness on screen, which I think we're yes. gonna get. Um, yes. I just there's no way we're not. There's non-binary actors. There's queer uh, female like women working or like, writing it as showrunners. Yeah, yeah, thank you for the word. Uh, yeah. So it it, it I think it's gonna be. I don't want to put too much on it. You know, I, I think that the, it's still a, a Disney owned thing and Disney is Disney. So, but that being said, I do think that there's some hope there. And regardless of representation, it's still going to be freaking fun. So I think that's yeah. what I'm most excited for. Ever since it was announced that I just felt like it was made for me. So yes, Brian, Literally, let's yes. Do I'm like, this is my joker. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my joker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I... I'm really excited for Mandalorian because mm-hmm. Din Djarin is my boy <laughs> um, and I love it. But I think I think I'm the most excited for the second season of Visions. I, oh, my gosh. Visions might be my favorite thing that Star Wars Disney has ever done. And mm-hmm. I, I feel weird saying that because I love Din Djarin so much um, that I feel like I'm betraying him a bit. But I just <laughs> I. I Visions was was I th- I think something that felt very George Lucas like it took Star Wars in a bold direction and it wasn't yeah. unapologetically so, but at the same time we never would have gotten it if it was just George, mm-hmm. and so I I'm excited for that. Um, and now mm-hmm. knowing that it that it's gonna be animated shorts from all over the world and to celebrate different cultures and to get back to George's love of anthropology and celebrating different cultures. Um, I think I'm really excited for that. I'm excited to see how other people in the world see Star Wars. And that that's mm. what I loved about Visions. It was just other another look at Star Wars from a perspective that is so far away from mine. And it was really, really exciting. Uh, I love so that. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what I'm most excited about. Oh, so true. I went to the Visions panel at Celebration and... Same. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah. cool. So fun. I apologize for all the tears that you must have heard every time uh, Toby was on Obi-Wan. screen. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> I love Obi-Wan. that so much. Oh my God. No, we were, we were so pumped the whole time. Just unbelievably excited. Okay. Final bonus question. We've made it. Who is your star Wars big three? Who do you think makes up your personality? Um, I'll go first. I, I I will say I think my son is Ray and I think mm-hmm. my moon is Anakin. I am like an Anakin stan, like I'm a Stanakin, but not in like a dude bro way. Just like uh-huh. in a, this poor boy is broken. <laughs> like again, kind of like you with Kylo Madison. Like it's like, no, he's just like a sad little emo boy that like was really hot when I was little and I just adore him and he's like my baby boy and he's just a softie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's my moon. And also like I'm an Aries moon, so I'm pretty like, you know. Aries God of War with my emotions. I, I can get pretty like <laughs> intense um, with my emotional life. Um, so lots of therapy has been very helpful for that. And then my rising sign would be, um, I think Luke. Like I think, I think oh, Luke yeah. would be my rising. So I think that's those, those three, Ray, Anakin, Luke. Those are my babies. I love them. I love that so much. I can't answer it that beautifully um, because I don't know <laughs> what any of that means. But <laughs> I will say... Um, I think my past self is Luke Skywalker. Um, mm-hmm. My current self, and I think my future self is Din Djarin. 
I feel like mm. I never had, I've said this many a time, but I've never had a character that I could relate to so much on a one-to-one relationship as Din Djarin. Yeah. He is queer. Din Cobb is canon. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Uh, he's, my little, <laughs> he's my little gay dad adopting a child an interracial family all like he just speaks that he's me like literally he's just me yeah and i love him so much and um he would do anything for his little boy even once you work through the self-doubt of being a, a gay <laughs> dude um mm-hmm. but i and i think i aspire to be ahsoka um oh, she has yeah. changed my life for the better i would not be the dad I am today, if I did not learn the lessons that she taught me in walking away from the Jedi Order. Um, mm-hmm. But she is someone I can never attain to be because she's too good. Like I will never reach that <laughs> level. But she's who I aspire to be every single day. Um, but I those are my that. three for sure. They're all so good. Oh my God. And very different answers than I usually get on here. So I love that. <laughs> I love all of it. So good. Um, thank you guys so much for being on here this was so eye-opening for me and just amazing thank you so much thank you thank you it literally was so nice just being able to like i don't know i felt like you know brian and i talk a lot about like uh queerness in fandom spaces can be pretty sanitized and i felt like Mm -hmm. it felt really good just to sit here and kind of like really talk about certain things that need to be talked about you know what i mean so it yeah. felt really good and yeah. i thank you so much for like the opportunity to be able to do it and i thank you for your generous hosting and, and sharing of, of your own <laughs> life too so thank you thank you guys 100%. Um, yeah it's so nice to not have to feel censored and how i talk and mm-hmm. how we talk about um our spaces and stuff that's so fantastic so absolutely where can my listeners find you guys what are your handles and all of that Ace. um Okay, I'll go. Um, yes, I, you can find me. Uh, I make YouTube videos. I'm That Gay Jedi on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at underscore That Gay Jedi and also Pink Milk After Dark um, every <laughs> Friday night at 8.30 Central. Um, yeah, it's it's a good time and we always have fun. And if you come in the live stream and hang out in the chat because the chat is the place to be. The steam room is the place to be. Like, like mm-hmm. I, sometimes I'm also, I'm like, can I get in the steam room too? Because steam room, the steam room will have like conversations like far away from what we're even talking about <laughs> on the stream in the best way. Like they're That's out awesome. here like having like in depth conversations while we all just like scream about poppers. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's a good place to be. Um, awesome. So yes, that's where you can find me. <laughs> um it's the truth it's the truth uh also <laughs> if you're a night sister i feel as though you like a, a little bit darker of things and more power mm-hmm. to you make sure you check out chase on fear queers podcast also <gasps> where yes. um you. they talk about horror because it's a great podcast thank you love it uh but you can follow me in the show at serving pink milk on twitter instagram and tiktok and yes chase is right no tea no shade to any other live stream but the steam queens are where it's at. <laughs> you will never find a more welcoming group of people. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you every time someone new pops in there and they're like, Hey Madison, it's so pleasure. You know, like <laughs> they're just so welcoming and excited to meet new people. And I, I, there are real friendships that were born in there. And mm-hmm. if you are a queer person and afraid to get on Twitter, um, you can also f- download in the uh, Apple store app. You can find spaces which is a for lgbtq by lgbtq um social media app by hornet 
And we have a space in there that is just for queer people and our allies. And um, it's a growing little community in there as well. Um, we talk a lot about queer stuff and Star Wars, and it's just a very happy little gay place. So if you're That's afraid awesome. to be on Twitter, understandably so, find us on Spaces. Thank you guys. And um, for you guys listening, you can find me at Maddie underscore Amidala on everything. The, the podcast is at Night Sisters Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find me on Windsor Film Club, a podcast about cult films, horror films and just underrated movies. Thank you so much again to everyone that listened to today's episode. I'm so excited to highlight fellow queer fans that I absolutely adore Brian and Chase. It was such a joy to have them on today. I do want to talk about something a little more serious and different, though. I am part of a group of podcasters working on a fundraiser right now. It is for abortion access after the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. We have all been really struggling since that happened. It's a tremendous loss and it's a failure for our country. So we started What Choice? What Choice is, again, a fundraiser. It's for the National Abortion Federation, and our goal was $5,000. We thought that that was a stretch goal, but we wanted to try and hit it. In that first weekend alone, we made over $40,000. It's been absolutely incredible to see the, the Star Wars fandom come together and save so much money for abortion access. I cannot believe it. I am so proud of everyone that donated and everyone that planned this. Thank you, especially to Meg and Rachel, and you guys have done so much work. It's been insane. But I wanted to say that if you want to help, if you want to learn more, our Twitter account is at whatchoice22. We have the GoFundMe posted there as well as other information. We have info on giveaways that almost all of us are hosting as podcasters are entering people into a raffle if they donate. Um, if you want to donate through Night Sisters, like if you can't really donate to a GoFundMe or if you want something out of it, which is totally understandable. I'm selling designs on Redbubble and T-Fury. The Night Sisters of Dathomir design will go to the National Abortion Federation. All the money from it, plus I'll be matching as you don't really get much out of T-Fury or Redbubble. All of the pride designs, however, so the pride flags with characters on them, all of that money is going to go to the Amidala Initiative, which is a different fundraiser dedicated to um, trying to help trans people in states like Texas and Florida. Um, all of their information is on their Twitter account, which is Amidala Initiative. Please donate. Please do what you can. If you're unable to donate, that is so understandable. Just sharing the posts is so helpful. Thank you again to everyone. May the force be with you.